Hi everybody, it's Bridget here. It's been a while, I know. <laughs> I want to greet you in peace, love and blessings um, um, from the Queen herself. Um, coming out of a very cold London today uh, on this uh, beautiful Saturday. Um, God, what's the day? You know, the fact that we can't even remember the day is crazy. It's Saturday the 30th of January. And so this is my first podcast actually that I am deeming to make um, for this year and so we're going to start off with a subject um, which I uh, um, have never actually issued out so much because it filters in into everything else that we do discuss or that I personally, forgive me, discuss on here and which is uh, kind of can be kind of seen as a taboo subject depending where you come from or just a very revolutionary one but yet it, it's a culmination of little factors when it comes to this racism issues and systematic issues and it's the black sex, black love and um, black desire issue. And, and the reason why I wanted to single it out because it does have a fraction of where it intertwines. It, it intertwines with all the rest of the issues that we as, as black folk go through. But this one is going to be kind of on its own centered slightly as much as I can bring it out of the, out of the collective. I'm going to try to individualize it as well. Um, so this issue that I want to discuss um, uh, borders and borders or... or or you know binge into you know kind of or other avenues when we discuss the black sex as foundation um and the reason why i'm using the black sex is not for knee-jerk reactions or you know outlandish reactions or or kind of you know you know kind of like taboo kind of like oops why are we talking about that it's a bad word it's not it really isn't People like to call it black love. I like to call it what it is, black sex <laughs> in its biology, you know. Um, and so the reason um, for that is, I'm going to make it apparently clear, obviously, is because it's also an issue these days because my brothers have been um, discussing it in, in a political sense as well, you know, with the issue when it comes to black women and how it's now being perceived because taking it back to the inauguration with uh, Kamala Harris being sworn in and obviously standing next to her white husband um, that has brought some skeletons um, out of the closets um, and some some feelings out of the closet and some hurt feelings as well you know when my brothers kind of made it a case that it are we now promoting that type of black woman that type of black woman that can only rise to the top um, on the arm of a white man and um, I'm here to kind of say that is kind of true you know there is that kind of um, perception and there is that kind of agenda as well if you listen carefully you will find it that some of my sisters are out here trying to promote that if you want to go anywhere and you will hear it clearly say on some of the pan-african groups and under um, if we're having round table with black folks that they would say if you want to get married you know you might as well you know not do it within your race because our men are this and that and i'm here to say it's not always true for um the 80 percent of us you know for the 80 percent of black women we still um indulge in our black men and we feel if we rise if he rise we rise with him you know in the case of barack and michelle obama that's a beautiful example we are going to rise with him you know we're not going to rise without him because he's part of the struggle you know 
if we understand our history where we come from and understand the systematics of it as well and so that has come to the forefront as well and so which i would call colorism and futurism as well under blacks it's always been a hidden kind of under uh, you know swept under the carpet kind of topic you know but it's also part of that kind of Willie Lynch kind of syndrome that people claim is going on and which is obviously the infamous letter, you know, that was uh, written by him for the, uh, for the white slave owners, how to breed the perfect black, you know, like to breed them like horses, you know, and, and obviously to pit, you know, gender against each other and to pit color against each other as well. But not color as in white and black so much, but in the psyche to pit lighter skin and darker skin, male and female, against each other. So that evil, um, evil vices, you know, has been very much alive to this day that's happening. Um, And I will go into a little detail with it. Not too much because it can venture off into little branches and might confuse some of the listeners as well. So to the best of my knowledge, you know, I don't disagree with my brothers in saying that because I can see it as well. It's there. It's there to be seen that this colorism issue is being played out, you know. And also the, the quote that I feel describes that best is, is obviously... Uh, we are in a position now where we find that those least likely and, and are least likely to know likely to experience racism will be the ones that would be the ones, you know, will be the ones that would be the ones <laughs> defining what racism is for us today. And in general, what that quote means is that we will have people who has never experienced racism talk about it you know, and appropriate the concept of talking about it to fit their narrative. And that is least likely to be black people. And so we'll have other races talking about it. And we will say, oh my God, she's right. She's right. I'm like, no, she's not right. You know, we have been saying that for years. We have been as, as black folk. We've been saying that for years, but it seems like it doesn't, you know, the Stockholm Syndrome is, is, is fully entrenched in our, in our brains that we don't actually get that that is what we've been saying. There's nothing that white person can tell us about racism that we don't know, that we haven't experienced. And so how is it possible for them to be this out-of-the-box revolutionary leftist talking about something which we need them also to talk about, but this is the conflict of interest that comes in with black folk, kind of taking that wording and that sentiment and make that as a spokes words for our struggle. I'm like, no, they just have to talk about them and how they feature in a situation. And obviously to highlight our plight, that's absolutely fantastic. But what we're not going to do is put them on pedestals, never. You know, it's ridiculous because now we have black people wanting to tell me the concept of love is love. And I'm like, look, yeah, that's a sing along jingle that the system has created, you know, to um, facilitate um, basically their concept of now of a change. I'm like, there was a time love was not love. There was a time love is very political. And I'm going to bring it back to that time right now. You know, there was a time. 
that black people could not integrate and sexually integrate because it was seen as a sin. It was a law, actually, a bona fide law, despite the church's mouth in everything. It was a bona fide political law that we could not do it. And so now all of a sudden it's seen as revolutionary, now that we can. Now that we have Kamala Harris standing there with a white man being sworn in as the first black, let me iterate that, black woman. This is where the colorism comes in because that's their definition of a black woman. That is not the main populist definition of a black woman. Yeah, that's not. That is what you would call high yellow. And that's what you would call mixed racy, you know, you know, the uh, the new status quo's favor of determining what black is, because that's their their um, mental thinking of, of 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 a better black. Let me tell you, there is no better black than the person with bantu features and kinked up, and I mean kinked up hair that shrinks for nothing. Well, actually, that shrinks for everything, literally. <laughs> So, in saying all of that, yeah, colorism comes into play, yeah, featureism, and Kamala represents all of that, you know, she does, she's not laying down black, she cannot possibly be pro-black, that's what I'm getting at, foundation in pro-blackness and foundation in pan-Africanism is black love, black sex and black desire to desire to lay down, procreate and be with a person and rise with a person who looks just like you. I'm sorry if this offends a few people, but this is the truth. I can't find a better way, you know, to put it out there. You can be as, you can say you're black. You can, you know, you can play for it if you want to, like you play for white, you know, back in the days when the colored people in South Africa used to play for white men. You can play for black too now if you want to. You've got some parent that's half black, you know, all of a sudden you can play for black, you know. But you have to be careful now, you know, if your foundation is not solid in that blackness, meaning you don't lay or sleep or have sex black, you know. I'm thinking to myself, how are you going to withstand the, the, the criticism of time? Because that is what she's being criticized for, her lack in understanding black men. And that's what black men are saying. And that's what, what they are saying. And that's the truth. You know, as much as we out here as black folk, you know, in groups that are very mixed, white and Asian and all of that, you know, we don't find a lot of white people being, you know, in majority black groups. And so obviously these are things that will be out of your, out of your peripheral, because obviously you have your own interpretation of black and how you would like to discuss that black issues. And you would like to discuss it in a sentiment that is in, in us, not just the sentiment, but also in a space that's more conducive for you. Because obviously, if you are in a, in a group of 50,000 strong black voices, you are not going to be heard that well, are you? They're not gonna put you on a pedestal. So you're gonna have to do it where, where, where it's comfortable. That's also another issue, another topic for another day. But in saying all this, we have black folk out here, and this is specifically for my people. Whether you see yourself as melanated, carbon, black, African, or African-American, or whatever, Aboriginal, you know, native, God knows. But black it is still at the end of the day, you know. This is for my black folk, and I'm just uh, um, kind of accumulating you all into one category for, for, for explanations, for explanation purposes. So... The reason why I'm doing that is black folk will be discussing these features and colorism because 
so far if that is going to be the new standard of blackness you know that type of woman then i want no part of that because i need to rise with my black man i need to rise with this negro because i need to rise with men who look like my father you know i need to rise you know i cannot become an african queen i cannot be a queen and and and, and not have the black king next to me you know that's why michelle obama is a queen you know she's got her black man there my god and and they have kind of showed how far blacks can rise as 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 a union as a couple as a love as a as black sex this is it you know there's no reason for us to date and 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 sleep outside of a race for a political kind of um hunchy you know and 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 a step we don't need to do that the obamas have showed us that and 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 they were revolutionary in that it showed us you know the black man rose to the highest position in america in politics ever in history even though he's a mulatto but damn it he took his black woman and and all three his black woman and he put them on a pedestal with him and so that this kind of watered down version of carmela is being exiled uh, or heralded as as revolutionary is preposterous definitely and i will be the first one to say it it's a no you know there she is a mulatta herself you know color the feature of colorism you know the the poster child for featureism as this new you know this new black you know that kind of looks really white you know um that kind of you know is very kind of anti black male considering of of all the black men that she has imprisoned as well you know there is no concept in that woman there's no love in her for the black man and 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 I'm saying this like might be saying it unjustly but her record speaks for it and, and I have been very vocal about this and been shut down by the, by the liberals as well by the white liberals but like I could care what they say you know this is me now you know nobody's more liberal and black than me you know so i don't really care for what they have to say and how they feel about it i'm speaking to black people now you have to be careful are we setting a president a new president and black women specifically are we setting a new president for what blackness truly is like we can be effervescently black on the outside and still have this foundation which is really very white it's impossible to sleep white and then proclaim to be extra pro black you are a liar and that's the truth you are a liar you know you're making a mockery out of blackness and we are not saying love is love or love is not love what we're saying is you are a liar and stop that stop that stop excluding you can talk about everything under the sun that's blackness but you cannot promote black love stop your trifleness and i mean that i'm deadly serious i'm sick of y'all as well you know black is not a a, a thing to be appropriated it it's a privilege and you're making a mockery of that privilege you know now that it's finally being validated do you know how long it took black people to get these black features of ours this black hair this black skin to be validated to be honored to be respected to be loved do you know what went into that for you just to jump on the jump wagon now jump on the wagon forgive me 
There we go. You're on the wagon because you fit the criteria. Lovely. Taking advantage of the appropriation, but never done a damn thing to further that damn cause. It's 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 unheard of. And I'm I'm vexed, you know, truly that I'm vexed that people would now see me as being divisive and and being um being racist. I'm like, there is nothing under the sun and no power in this world that can afford me to become racist. I don't have the power. I don't have the system behind me to be so. What I do have is a voice to speak and a truth inside of my soul. And this is what comes up. You know, this is what literally comes up. That's all I have is truth on my side. And the truth is that there is more to blackness than just looking black and wearing black and marveling in the fact that it's not all of a sudden a fashion. But forget, we still need to do the most important work of being black. And that is to lay down black, sexing black, you know, having black children that looks just as black as their tar fathers. I can't put that any other way. And, 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 and I would be the first one to say that I am in this position to speak about it as I am also a woman that used to never lay down black, that has a, a mulatto child. I can tell you, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of soul searching, a lot of tears for me to integrate myself into this concept that I need to be with a black man and I need to have that black man's children. So, no, I'm not being a hypocrite when I'm talking here. I'm talking from experience. I had to go and do it myself. So, who else can do it? Who else can talk about this if it's not me? You know? So, I will talk about it. It's coming from my... from I'm seeping out of my pores and I need to say something about it. And, and it needed to be a podcast long time ago. But this is also when we talk about... When I talk about my desire for the black man, I'm talking about the invigoration of it. The fact that we have to relearn how to love him, relearn how to look at him, relearn how to respect him. You cannot take uh, a benchmark for this world and what's out there as a benchmark. No, we can look down our damn family trees, that's benchmark. We can look down the trees and look at our parents and grandparents and, 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 and we can look at the people that went through that and they laid black. They succeeded. So why the fuck is it not, why the fuck is it impossible for us to do so with a black man? It's unheard of. The black power struggle um, in the 70s coming out of America with the Panthers were clear on that, you know. Um, so, and... And I don't know how else to to bridge this because now we have brothers and sisters thinking uh, um, that this concept of futurism and colorism is being discussed a lot under black podcasters and and, um, black folk. And um, we have been talking about it for a long time. This is part of it as well. And Carmela standing there being sworn in is also, it's a niche in there, you know, a little nook in there. It, It can be swiped into that conversation. Because what are we promoting? Are we promoting blackness and black people? Or are we promoting black women that's conducive for white supremacy? Because she looks really, she looks as the ideal black. You know, would it be nice if Stacey Abrams was standing there? That's, that's what black woman represents. That's now the standard. 
but obviously, you know, we're going to have people who has no dog in this damn fight telling us, you know, that we are being surly or we are being, you know, obnoxious um, and that we're being divisive. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. If you don't have a dog in this fight, then I suggest you shut the fuck up and take a corner and take a seat, you know, or pick a corner, forgive me, take a seat. You know, this is what you have to listen to. This is what we're discussing. You know, sorry for the bad language, but I've made it clear this podcast does have adult themed language, you know. So I'm not being obnoxious and I'm not being rude or anything. I'm just being straightforward and passionate about this topic. This is something that the Black Hawkers sometimes forget when they're out here praising, you know, because sometimes black folk like me don't fit into their narrative of, 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 of nice speech. I'm like, no, sometimes things can't be uh, uh, molded around nice speech to fit, you know, the ears of the elite. You crazy? You know, this is revolution. The fuck? You know, this is how it is, you know, and we speak about it. We're going to have to open up. And if it comes across as being divisive, it may be seen that way because we're opening up a wound. And this is an old wound. This is a decade, century old wound. We have issues in Africa with colorism as well, where we have black women not wanting to look too tall black. You know, black women don't want to have too much black hair. You know, yeah, we, we discussed that. It all, it all fits into each other like a nice jigsaw puzzle. And I'm here to kind of um, highlight that part of the jigsaw puzzle. The black sex is foundation to black revolutionary, to being black, and to obviously promoting black culture. That is part of the culture, the black family. Black mother, black father, black child. You know, not to exclude the the LGBTQ here, but that's a different subject, you know. They have their own, you know, ways of thinking, but this is a heterosexual thing that I'm talking about. Now, black families, you know, a mother and child, and, and the black kings have to be revered somehow and put on the pedestal, and the fact that they feel that they are not being represented there, that they're not being represented there is, is I feel that, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I see it myself, I don't think they're crazy, I think that as black women sometimes we, we get ahead of ourselves, you know, and we forget a lot of them had to die so that we can be free today to speak. A lot of them had to sacrifice. A lot of them are in jail. A lot of them are suffering. A lot of them and their circumstances uh, that was highlighted has brought us to a place where the black women are very powerful today, you know, powerful in a sense that we can actually just, uh, just ignore them. No, no, no. There's no way we can ignore them just like they can't ignore us, you know. And the same for my brothers. This is an issue that you have been perpetuating for a long time with your inducedness in this colorism scheme. It's not that something that just happened, that black woman just fell into. It is something that you taught us because you were the first ones to kind of go for the better looking black chick, you know, the chick that looks like Kamala, remember, back in the day. Because those are the type of black women that you like to sleep with, have children with, because you want the children with nice hair and nice fair complexions. That's why you date kind of Hispanic women, because you still call them black. But yeah, you know what I mean? The Cardi B's of this world. But okay, let's not even go there. 
but that's a different topic but it also falls nicely into this one so i just wanted to bring it to your attention you're feeling some type of way right now can be argued that you were the ones who started it you know and in your narcissism now you know that you want to point finger at the black woman but we are here to tell you we understand we see what's happening but if you want to have this discussion, you're going to have to have an open discussion and to start with the brothers and start with that bullshit and start with how you kind of put hip hop on the market by celebrating it, by purchasing into it, you know, by validating it when those hip hop video girls all look like Kamala Harris. Say something, please. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong, you know. And so if you look at your hip-hop artists and your hip-hop men in this world, you know, like, t- does that woman look like me and Stacey Abrams? No, they look like Carmilla. Come on now. And those are the black men that you revere and respect because they're half mixies. They're mixy, mixy, mixed race or mulattoes. Come on, be real. If you're going to feel a way, you're going to have to dig a bit deeper you know, dig a bit deeper into your own psyche and your own hypocrisy as well. But I let the black woman speak now because that's what she's doing. I am telling you, I understand where you're coming from. For some of you, I do, I do, I do. I, I see it clearly. And I just wanted to bring it to my sister's attention that we are busy with some bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit. We have to be careful. You know, black love, black sex, black desire forgive me, is foundation in the political realm. And everything is politics, you know, even love. Like I told you, there was a time, this kind of love, that interracial, mixy love, that was against the law. Yeah, you know, that was against the law. It could get you a prison sentence, you know. And so... It, it was black men and black women who had to fight against that. So we can be free to love who we want to love. But now we kind of realize we will never be free to love who we want to love, you know. But we're going to make it so because we're going to love who who we need to love in this struggle. Because for now, love has to be a little political for some of us or more of us, you know. Because it's important. It's part of the bigger picture. It's part of this s- s- systemic, you know, white supremacy and white fragility issue that we're dealing with you know because we will have white people kind of fatiguing this because then i would just tell them look yeah if your ass is not sleeping black if your ass don't sleep black don't speak please you know listen this is for black peoples you know this is even for the mixed race black peoples which if you are european it's not that's not you you know unfortunately you know so with love peace and and respect please take a seat listen you know and so yeah that is me talking about it you know it's probably didn't come out the way you probably thought that it would be all steamy and romantic no no love is hard love is political as well and love is not always just love it sometimes is other things too this is the queen this is the lady barnard for the diary and i want to thank you for listening to me i want to thank you for your understanding and also for your critiques it's fine you know critiques make it interesting um for your disagreements as well you know i'm quite st- 
staple in my opinion in my facts and in my history and in my blackness i've got no issue with being a little hackled <laughs> skip to the cell um but for all of your uh, support i want to thank you um and yes so for this beautiful saturday i want to greet love peace and blessing greet you love peace and blessings again and all the coconut oil that you can possibly gather to slap on your bloody damn self because it's cold remember coconut oil is good for skin slap it on your skin use that for moisturizer <laughs> oh i'm out thank you for listening <laughs> take care Bye bye